Hello and welcome to a new episode of Intensical Medicine and the Next Podcast. My name is Mariangela Pellegrini. I am a Next Committee member, intensivist and researcher at Uppsala University Hospital of Sweden. Today, I have the pleasure to talk with uh, Dr. Christoph Milesi about the clinical practice guidelines recently published on intensive care medicine, about the management of severe bronchiolitis infants about 12 months old admitted to the pediatric critical care units. Dr. Milesi is pediatric intensivist at the pediatric ICU at the University Hospital of Montpellier, France. He conducts research in pediatrics and emergency medical care. He has high expertise in high-flow nasal cannula, non-invasive ventilation in pediatric and severe bronchiolitis. Welcome to our podcast and congratulations for the great study. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Yeah, great. <laughs> In the last month, pediatric hospital and uh, pediatric ICU worldwide have, uh, have been literally overwhelmed with the surge in severe viral bronchiolitis in need of intensive care and respiratory assist. This is for sure the right timing for discussing this publication. Dr. Milesi, could you please summarize the background that led to develop these guidelines? What was your main aim? Well, thank you very much, Mariangela. Uh, as you know, the epidemic is a real public health issue. And um, this is um, nowadays one of the major tools of hospitalization in uh, our ICU. And, uh, uh, Actually, there's a lot of international guidelines concerning the management of the common bronchiolitis, but none of them target specifically the more severe ones. And so with my colleague, we wanted to provide a set of tools which could be helpful for the intensivist. And we wanted this guideline to be inspired, of course, by the most recent papers following a clear and robust methodology, the GRAD methodology. But we wanted these uh, tools to be efficient, very simple, and easy to use. And uh, of course, the safety of the children was uh, one of our main concerns. Great, thank you. And could you explain the process that led to the 40 recommendations? And what are the areas that you decided to cover? Hmm. Well, we wanted to cover the uh, practical questions we are facing when we are admitting a patient and uh, chronologically, uh, that means that the first point will be what and who am I going to admit? And then can I rely only upon the clinic or do I need some uh, blood exam or chest X-ray or whatever? The third one will be to know if I have to use IV hydration or if I can feed the child a rally. Then uh, what kind of pressure support I can use and how. And finally, you know that we rejected a lot of uh, treatments uh, regarding the common bronchiolitis and we wanted to know if it could apply to the severe one or if we can use those treatments. I see, thank you. Uh, how do you manage the paucity of scientific evidences for the most of the proposed recommendations? This was a real challenge, but um, of course we knew it just at the beginning. Uh, we had um, a high level uh, of evidence 
for approximately less than half of the recommendation. And for the other one, we wanted to find some answers uh, because the questions were still on the table, you know. And so the selection of the experts was an essential point. And so we wanted them to come from different countries um, uh, in order to describe different experiences. And we wanted them to be involved in the daily care of the children at the bedside. And uh, the third point, which was, I think, very important, is that we wanted them to be involved in the clinical research regarding this issue. And uh, their expertise in the Delphi method, uh, I think, provide a very high quality concerning those uh, experts' recommendation. I see, and I agree. Uh, but let's look in more details uh, to some of the recommendations. They are several and detailed, and I would like to touch at least one for each main area. So first of all, you provide criteria for pediatric intensive care units admission and risk factor for severe bronchiolitis. I think this is a key point. When is the right moment to admit patients to the pediatric ICU? Can you comment about this? What are the evidences uh, we have and your expert advice? Is uh, reassessment over time fundamental for a right timing? Yeah, yeah you're right. This is a key point. The literature uh, was helpful, but, but it was not sufficient. The criteria we provide are consistent with the international guidelines defining the severity, but the severity doesn't mean ICU hospitalization. So we had a lot of discussion within the experts and those discussions were tense and I think fructuous. Uh, at the end, uh, all the experts agreed with uh, some criteria such as the apnea, hypotonia, hypoxemia resistant to oxygen therapy, important work of breathing. And um, uh, you're absolutely right uh, regarding the dynamic aspect because this uh, aspect of the clinic within the first 24 hours is probably one of the most important factors to take into account. I see. And about the general management, not or minimally invasiveness is another key aspect of your recommendations. Lung ultrasounds uh, is preferred to over chest X-ray, high flow nasal cannula or uh, not invasive ventilation over intubation. A peripheral line is not always necessary as well as uh, blood samples. Could you comment on this? Yeah, this, this is very important uh, for all the experts, you know, because the minimally invasiveness reflect actually our recommend practice everywhere. Um, at first sight, this could appear surprising as the patients are severe, but in the pediatric ICU, the number of nurses and doctors is quite high compared to general ward. So uh, it is possible to readapt the therapeutic options rapidly if the situation is getting worse. That means that uh, we can start non-invasively and to readapt if necessary. And uh, usually this approach is okay for most of the children and we don't have to adapt. I see. Um, you also highlight the problem of hyponatremia. Do you think that hyponatremia in severe bronchiolitis is a hidden complication for the disease? Mm, we, we spoke a lot about hyponatremia because this, 
this problem is quite common among those children and touching about one third of them. And uh, it could be severe in 10%. And the thing is that it responds very well to hydric restriction. But uh, the literature is quite poor regarding this uh, problem, but uh, it suggests to be aware of the complication and to follow the children clinically. And uh, for instance, to, to follow the weight gain and the neurological uh, aspect of the child. The problem is that the mechanisms is not very clear and needs further studies, probably around the neoproprioate secretion of the antidiuretic hormone. I see. Uh, on, the, on the other side, uh, there are very good uh, scientific evidences behind the recommendation about uh, ventilatory support, ventilatory strategies. So you propose a stepwise approach which increase ling will increase invasiveness from high nasal cannula to nib and then to endotracheal intubation. Although differently from adult respiratory failure, less invasive strategies are the ones to prefer, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Well, on, on this subject, we have many observational studies. And they suggest that when we are using the high flow or the nasal CPAP, the intubation rate is decreasing a lot. And uh, nowadays, for instance, we are intubating just, uh, well, less than 7% of the civil form of bronchitis. And uh, we are using a mechanical ventilation uh, most of the time uh, for the apneic patients, so the smallest one. I see, that's very interesting. And what about inhaled therapy? So beta-2 agonist, as well as saline and steroids inhalation, are normally used in clinical practice. You discourage the routine use and suggest the use of an initial test dose. What's your experience and your personal advice? Yeah, your question I think is very, very important because uh, we've got a lot of discussion regarding this point. Um, all the recommendations, the international reg uh, guidelines regarding the common bronchitis gave up all of those treatments. And uh, we wanted to see if in our population, those treatment could have a place. And um, in the literature, unfortunately, we had the same results. Means that they are useless for most of them. And we just opened a small window, I think, concerning the beta-2 agonist uh, as a therapeutic test and probably for the oldest patient, you know, after six months. I see. And given the low overall level of evidence uh, in the guidelines, you um, most recommendations are uh, either conditional or expert opinion. At the end of your guidelines, you highlighted the research topics to be explored uh, to improve our future uh, evidences. Could you comment on that? Hmm. Yeah, one of the interests of this kind of uh, exercise is to point out the areas uh, needing to be explored more, seri more seriously and to create a network of searches. And all the experts are very, very uh, good searchers there. I think that uh, one of the first steps will be to create a robust and uh, validate clinical score, because with this score, it will be possible to create a validate uh, algorithms and to compare those different algorithms in order to find the best way to treat our patients. I see. 
Well, we, I think that we are approaching the end of our podcast, so time just flies. And do you want to add some extra comments? No, uh, Marie-Angela, thank you very much. Uh, I just hope that the simple prevention, such as the mask, for instance, and to wash the hand and the different immunization program, one seems to be interesting now, will make those recommendations to use less soon, maybe next year. It would be a good guess. Thank you so much. <laughs> and to our listener, if you want to read more about uh, these clinical practice guidelines, so you can download from the Intensive Care, Medi Intensive Care Medicine Journal website. So thank you so much, Dr. Milesi. It has been a pleasure. Um, thank you to our listeners and welcome back uh, to the next uh, Intensive Care Medicine talk. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.